Welcome to episode 29 of the Leadership in Context podcast with Keith Tusi. The concept of taking dignity from one person in order to give it to another defies dignity itself. This is Leadership in Context, a conversation on leadership in the context of the local church. For show notes, email podcast at innerpastors.com. And now here's Keith Tusi with a little different podcast this week. I am coming to you from our brand new studio. Actually, we moved. So I'm in my new home, in my new bedroom, kneeling beside the bed here where it's comfortable and uh, where we won't have a big echo, hopefully. We're going to do something a little bit unique on this version of Leadership in Context. Actually, I've had some requests to read an article I wrote called Where Does Dignity Come From? You may want to send this article, uh, the audio article, to other people. You may want to post it on your web or Facebook or share it or do whatever you want with it. But there were some folks that thought it was worth repeating and uh, having a voice to. So that's what I'm going to do. Where does dignity come from? Human dignity is defined as deserving of respect and value. Have you ever noticed the use of the word dignity more and more lately? Interestingly, it seems to be the war cry of the liberal left as it's their passport of their agenda, many of which have admirable motives but are usually counterproductive to the very goals of the stated purpose, or at least that which they report to be promoting. In its pure and simple application, Dignity is placing value on someone, not from the standard of their contribution or production, but just because they are human. This, of course, would destroy the very foundation and velocity of any kind of prejudice due to class, gender, or color, and would be consistent with the Bible. It would seem that those who embrace the doctrine of dignity would be repulsed by any kind of prejudice, especially institutional prejudice, that demands that the weak are to suffer and be subject for the empowering of the strong. Thus, the advocates of dignity would be the ultimate resistors of the might versus right doctrine, where the rich steamroll and the idol logs and the corporations and philosophers and political ideologies, greed or just downright human selfishness and self-promotion exist. What if a large amount of the voices that have conspired, not only in secret but publicly, to leave one group of women out of their protection, ultimately denying them the right of dignity? What if they decided that in order for others to have dignity, there must be one group that was denied liberty so that a preferred group could enjoy liberty to its fullest? Let's say, for instance, that for a woman from Israel to be worthy of dignity, women of Arabic descent would have to suffer, or that for an uneducated woman to have dignity, educated women would have to suffer as in the Chinese Revolution, or that women of position would need to suffer 
in order for women of low standing to be promoted, as in the French Revolution. Actually, in each of these cases, the solution brought more than suffering. It actually required death. The solution was that one class of woman was sentenced to death for the promotion of another class of women. One group demanded the extinction of another group as the only way for women to be liberated. To put it mildly, this is incredibly inconsistent with dignity or justice in any form. Today we look back on those occurrences as historical miscarriages, fueled more by envy and anger than by love and compassion. Now imagine the same scenario in reverse, i.e. the weak, the less educated, the less esteemed women are now the ones who must suffer and die for the existence of others. Imagine that now the accepted norm or status quo was the sacrifice of these weak individuals for the benefit of the more powerful. Imagine that those that wield power did so without regret, even rejoicing at the subjugation of the weak or lower class. Imagine that the new orthodoxy justified crushing the weak in order to preserve the strong. Unborn women are the class that is being subjugated, crushed, destroyed, and dissected as laboratory animals. Their parts are being sold as a commodity for the benefit of the rich and the powerful to those who can afford the tissue and the benefits to their vanity. The doctrine of dignity applies to them because they are human, even though they are unable to defend themselves. The guise used to permit This total and seemingly obvious trampling of dignity of these human people is to dehumanize them in the eyes of the public. Their only crime is being a small human who is dependent on another human to protect them. All they desire and all they need is a place to live and some nutrition for a few months until they can be acknowledged as being worthy of dignity and justice. Jesus taught us in Matthew 25 that to the degree we protect and help the least of these is the degree that we actually follow his teachings. In our current climate, what group could qualify more clearly as the least of these than an unborn little boy or an unborn little girl? desperately needing a voice before they died at the hands of a paid executioner. In the face of Jesus' clear teaching, there are those who shamelessly advocate for have no voice at all except the voice that cries from the ultrasound pleading with us for life, for the right to live, just for the opportunity to breathe. But even that fundamental right is discarded by those who have more power and control over them. Those who masquerade behind choice deny choice to those women who need it the most, those still 
in their mother's wombs. Those in the Me Too movement have denied their weakest sisters. The Black Lives Matter movement, in reality, only affirms that some lives matter. Dignity is not ours to give, to decide upon, by a vote, to debate, but dignity is rather to recognize, receive, and honor. Dignity, by its very nature, is not about performance or ability, production or contribution. It's not even about being wanted or needed, but dignity is about being. It's about being a human being. That is the true qualification for dignity, and that is the story history will eventually tell. What side of history will we be on? The side that wrapped itself in silence while the slaughter continued, or will it be the side that intervened to stop this madness? True dignity is not earned, and it's not learned. It's inherited. Its status is created by God and cannot be taken away by anyone for any reason at any time. Without a design, there is no real dignity. Without a creator, there is no design. Without the acknowledgement of the creator, man grasps for his opportunity to be God and to redefine what dignity is and what a person is, just as in the days of slavery, when being deemed less than fully human made way for the stronger and those with political might to lord it over the weak and the needy in order to push their agenda forward. Today, people are living in denial as the body parts of the massacred little ones testify against them. We cannot intellectually justify the torture and death of one class, even if their sins were deserving of censure and recompense. The concept of taking the dignity from one group of women in order to give it to another defies dignity itself. That type of so-called justice demands those in power treat those less powerful as though they are property. Let us not be silent. Let us shed light upon this travesty that must stop. This is Keith. Please share this message with your friends. Today, Keith read an article he wrote about dignity. Without a design, there is no real dignity. Without a creator, there is no design. Without the acknowledgement of the Creator, man grasps for his opportunity to be God and to redefine what dignity is and what a person is. True dignity is not earned and it's not learned. It's inherent. Its status is created by God and cannot be taken away by anyone for any reason at any time. Thanks for listening this week to another episode of Leadership in Context with Keith Tusi. Join us next week as Keith continues to put leadership truths in the context of the local church. As always, subscribe, like, rate, and share our podcast. For show notes or to ask Keith a question, email podcast at innerpastors.com. If you would like more information, check out our website, innerpastors.com. Make sure you follow us on Facebook and Instagram at innerpastors. See you next week.